what up, what up, what up? What's going on, Chad? What's going on? This is Brandon, uh, one of your hosts for the Fantasy Grinders podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Fantasy Grinders. You can find myself, Brandon Hayes, on Twitter at StillmaticB33. And also my steam co-host, Craig Carver. You can find him on Twitter individually at Bleed Orange with three E's. So I hear that little ding in the background, Craig. That must be your signal. What's up? Yeah, that's my little bat signal going up, I guess. I'm um, just hanging out. Got a little Sunday going on. Got uh, this final week, you know, this last little bit until NFL season kicks off. So I'm excited. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, I, we got some sort of, you know, big news here. You know, this is our first uh, first podcast that we have coming live to you on iTunes. So, you know, no longer are we just RSSing out here on this um on this SoundCloud where you have to click or leave your phone open, you can actually download us on um, on iTunes, get on your podcast app, get on uh, whatever, you know, whatever your favorite podcast app is, search for Fantasy Grinders and, um, and you know, download that and subscribe, man. It's, um, it's actually a, a cool day. We're really excited about that. Yeah, one of my favorite podcast app is Pocket Cast. Um, that's available on Android and iPhone. So if we do have any Android listeners out there, you can download us there. and It'll sync between devices, and you can actually access those on the web too. So if you got a day job and you're sitting at a desk and you want to listen to the podcast, you can access them on the web that way. So Yeah, that's a really nice feature. Leave your phone in your pocket. Leave your phone in the car. And uh, who does that? Who leaves their phone in the car? But, you know, and then, um, and then you're good. So, uh yeah, so that's exciting news. Just getting some of that housekeeping out of the way. Congratulations to us for that. Um, but today we're going to be doing, um, you know, a podcast since it's our very first one on iTunes. We're going to be going over uh, daily fantasy sports theory, especially in relation to the NFL. And we will be talking about a lot of different uh, factors and things that you need to be considering when you're doing um, daily fantasy sports on NFL um, so that we can teach you how to do lineups. Not just not just tell you who to play, but tell you why to, you're playing them, and even help educate you on how to start your own lineups. Um, you know, one day without us, if need be. So, um, you know, with that being said, Craig, what's probably one of the biggest questions you get about daily fantasy sports? Honestly, just how do you play it? So that's kind of where this podcast came from. They're like, how do you do that stuff? Like, I don't even know what the buy-in means. Just people truly have no idea what that term daily fantasy sports means because they're so used to a traditional system where you're playing season long fantasy. And um, a couple of guys at work were saying that, you know, they played fantasy baseball before and how it's such a grind because you have games every single day. Um, whereas NFL, it's that one once a week, you know, Thursday night games as well, but people just don't understand how to play it. So I think that this is going to be an informative podcast overall. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I get that question a lot. You know, a lot of people are sort of hesitant because they see people on TV making millions supposedly, or they're just not really quite too sure because they're so they're so accustomed to you know season long fantasy, but daily fantasy doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to them. So I'm glad that me and you were able to bring that um, knowledge to the table and obviously um, put it out there for free just to try and help educate more people. Um, the biggest question I get would be. You know, okay, okay, who am I using? Should I be using um, DraftKings or should I be using FanDuel? So to start the um, to start the the podcast off, let's talk about, you know, should you be using DraftKings or should you be using FanDuel? 
Um, you know, so you you got two different things here. Um, Craig, do you want to give your input on, on which one do you think you should be using or, you know, just kind of bless us with some of that knowledge? So here's the thing. They're both the same concept. You're both entering in players for lineups based off cash value. Um, the the biggest difference between the two lineups is that DraftKings uses a flex player instead of a kicker. So whereas FanDuel has that extra spot that goes to a kicker that you decide and you give a dollar amount to, you get extra money support put towards either a running back, you know, tied in or wide receiver on FanDuel, I mean on DraftKings. So um, it really just depends on what you're more comfortable with. Last year we played FanDuel pretty much exclusively, and going into this season, that was what we had a um, you know idea to do. But DraftKings is the uh, format and the platform that offered um, preseason games, so we wanted to get some uh, you know money going and get some money made in this preseason, and you know we were able to accomplish that through DraftKings. So going into this season, we will be using both platforms, and we will be discussing players and lineups between both outlets. So. It really does just depend on you know what you're comfortable with, but you can certainly make money on either, and there's not one that we prefer over the other. Yeah, Craig is absolutely true here. Uh, we were exclusively FanDuel. However, DraftKings offered PGA, they offered NASCAR, they offered NFL, um, and they offered preseason NFL. And so DraftKings got you know initial deposit from me just because. You know, I wanted to try out NASCAR and PGA and preseason. And so, um, you know, there is a, a still another difference between DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, typically, you know, you hear in season long, you have standard scoring. You have PPR, which is generally referred to as a half-point PPR. And you have full-point PPR. So you have one point per reception is what PPR stands for, point per reception. And DraftKings does a full-point PPR and FanDuel does a half-point PPR. You may be sitting there thinking, like, oh, okay, not a big deal, don't really care too much. But it's actually really, really huge. And, um, you know, if, if you're targeting players, like we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, who who don't get a whole lot of yardage, but they do get a lot of targets, um, then, you know, you, you might be more interested in playing that person on DraftKings because you get that full point every time they catch the ball. Um, and also, uh, you know, when you have FanDuel, they allot you – um, they allot you sixty thousand as a starting a starting salary cap that you have to stay under. DraftKings allows you fifty thousand. It doesn't mean that you get more value out of FanDuel. It just means that their player values are different on different platforms. So when you go with DraftKings, a player may be you know five thousand, but when you go on FanDuel, that player may be six thousand four hundred, and it, it, it pretty much equates um, because you do have that ten dollar. I mean, a $10,000 difference between the two platforms. So um, between DraftKings and FanDuel, which one should you do? Whichever one makes you feel more comfortable. And we'll actually touch a little bit more on this as we keep going through. And um, so we'll move on to our next topic, Craig, is um, Daily Fantasy Sports Theory. Real quick, before when we you, did move on, when, when, on, before we did move on, I did want to take note that DraftKings does do a bonus for quarterbacks that throw for over um, – 300 yards. I know you're talking about the full and the half point PPR, but that's something else to keep in mind when you're looking at quarterbacks. Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, sometimes you can be building a lineup like we'll talk about in a minute and you'll have a quarterback who throws a lot, but they're really expensive. But if they, you know, if they hit that 300 yard mark, 
then they're sort of paying off on their value by adding an additional three points because they did go over 300 yards. So, you know, obviously that's just more, you know, as, as far as when you're constructing a lineup, that's something else to keep in mind. That's a very good point, Craig. Um, all right. So we're here on the daily fantasy sports theory. As we stated earlier, you got a salary cap and you have to bring players in under the salary cap. So, you know, most times you want to fill it out all the way. You want to use all your 50 or $60,000 respectively on, um, on your salary for your players. Um, and so, you know, when you're starting, Craig, do you, do you start from the bottom of your, of your lineup? Do you start with your defense and your kicker? If you're on FanDuel or your defense on DraftKings, do you start there um, with your low salary guys? Or are you, are you building off, you know, a quarterback or a running back that you really want to play that week? It truly does depend on the time of day and how I'm feeling, honestly. Typically, I will start from the bottom with the low end, you know, with the defense special teams and with that kicker. Get that stuff out of the way so that I know I can work with later. But sometimes I'll be listening to another podcast or, you know, sports radio and I'll hear something about a player and it'll kind of just ring that bell and, you know, make me really want to build a lineup around that person. So it it can go either way. Typically I do go from the bottom up to the top as far as dollar values, just so I know what I'm working with at the end. And then I can tweak it um, a little bit there. Yeah. Craig likes to generally, like he said, he will switch it up, but Craig likes to start, his um, lineups from the bottom, he goes ahead and gets his kickers and defense out of the way. And then that way he said, obviously, you, you see how much you have left on average player um, remaining. I, how on the other hand, I like to start uh, from the top. So, um, you know, this isn't some ESPN sports banter where we just go back and forth and respectfully disagree just so that there is something to be entertaining. Um, this is actually true. I always start from the top. I will always, I will always take and take those players, those foundational players that you really want to build your lineup around. And I always pick those quarterbacks, running backs, maybe even wide receivers who I, who I just have to have. Like I simply have to have this guy this week, period. And then I start filling in from the bottom. Now, what usually ends up happening, sort of like Craig mentioned, is I'll put my kicker and defense in and I'll be like, man, if I only had 200 more points, I would play the defense I really want. And so I will purposely go over salary cap by subbing in that new defense or that new kicker and then maybe go up and tweak um, a wide receiver or something or, or running back if I feel like I can get the same value out of um, similar players and still leave that defense or kicker in. So uh, I guess in theory, I start from the top, I work my way down to the bottom, and then I do a double check up way uh, up the lineup. But, you know, you know I, I generally like starting from the top. Craig likes starting from the bottom. So that's – um. You know, no no way is right or wrong, just personal preference. Yeah, it, it really depends. Like I said, you know, going on to the next topic that we have, when you're looking for foundational players that you want to build your roster around, that is typically when, you know, you'll start at the top. Um, you know, for week one, there's a couple of guys that are basically must-starts in our opinion. And no matter what lineup you're doing, that guy will be there. Sometimes it will be, you know, a high-dollar player. Sometimes it won't be, like, for instance, week one, Tyrod Taylor is going to be that you know sleeper of the week, but he is a must start. He's a foundation of that lineup because he has so much value. You know, being a starting quarterback that scrambles and will be throwing, and he's going to do it all. So that guy, you start there, and then you build that lineup around there. So you truly do not have to do it either way, starting at the bottom or the top. You can start in the middle. You know, your quarterback is one of your you know your workhorse, but with you know Tyrod, he's going to be a uh, 
one of the lowest value players that we play. So it's truly a personal preference, like you said. It's, you know, however you feel comfortable making your lineups. That's right. And um, to actually weave this back into our introduction as far as uh, DraftKings versus FanDuel, uh, for instance, Tyrod Taylor is 5000 on both platforms. So as we talked about, do I want to play FanDuel or do I want to play DraftKings? Tyrod is 5000 on both platforms, but you have 10000 additional dollars to spend on FanDuel. So that's where, that's where we said earlier, okay, which, which platform am I using? Well, it's sort of player dependent because now I have 10000 additional salary cap dollars I can use on additional players if I go Tyrod on FanDuel. And so... Um, and so that, that's, that's sort of what we were talking about between DraftKings and FanDuel to, tr- to sort of tie it all together. You want to, you want to look at what players you want and just see what sort of salary difference you have on those. So that's a great, that's a great key on those foundational players. Um, um, so like Craig said, foundational players, people you must, you must put in your roster no matter what. Um, in DraftKings, I mean, in, um, daily fantasy sports, this term is also referred to as exposure. You might hear on other um, on other podcasts or read in any articles. And what he's saying there is, or what Craig was mentioning, is the exposure of a particular player will basically be like, I will have a lot of exposure. In other words, I will have them in a lot of lineups because, you know, I really want to use them as a foundation, as a rock in my in my lineups. Um, and sometimes you say, you might say, I have, I have no exposure to this person because, or very little because you just don't really believe and they're not a very good matchup. So, um, that's a great, that's a great key there on, uh, foundational players. Um, uh, Craig, tell me what you're doing when you're looking for value players. Like, so you're seeking value players. You're seeking that, that person or those, pe- those persons to put in your lineup. Well, tell me more about seeking for value players in your daily fantasy sports. So the value player is really going to be someone that is well below the average of the initial buy-in for a player. So, for example, week one, Alshon Jeffrey is going to be the number one on the depth chart for the Bears. He's obviously going to be a much higher target than someone like an Eddie Royal. Eddie Royal is going to be significantly less in all formats, but in reality he'll be like a you know wide receiver one with the injuries. Um, oftentimes these you know lineups and you know, player values are put out in advance and they don't take those variables into effect. So that's when that value player really comes in. You know, who is going to get you the most? You want to get at least, hopefully, definitely want to get two times that buy-in. So if somebody is 3,500, you want to get at least seven points out of them. But, you know, 3x, four times that multiplier is what you really, you know, want to look for in a value player, especially in the tournament format. Value players in a 50-50 aren't necessarily as important, even though they do play a big part. But the value players in you know putting together that perfect tournament lineup are just a way to make money. Um, value players are someone that is definitely below the average for all the different players, in my opinion. That's right. Yeah, that's brilliant right there, Craig, um, especially that Eddie Royal um, reference. So basically what I'm doing every week is – um, you know, after the lineup, say after week one, we you know made thousands of dollars because we just put together premium lineups and we've been studying this stuff for months. Um, and then after week one, player values will change. And so every every player will change up or down and a couple maybe even stay the same value if if DraftKings or FanDuel felt like they pegged it correctly. And so what's going to happen here is I'm going to start going through and looking at all the rosters on on um, DraftKings or FanDuel. I'm going to start going down the running back list, going down the quarterback list, and I'm looking for people who are 
are great plays, great, you know, great starters for their team. But for some reason, it just seems like their value is way too low. Now, you can also have overvalued players, players who are worth a lot of money. And like Craig was mentioning, you want to hit that player multiplier for output. So you want to sit there and say Andrew Luck is nearly 10,000. He needs he needs to put up 30, 30 fantasy points in order to be worth his value since he's hogging up, you know, a sixth or a fifth of your of your salary cap. So, um, you know, that's a really good point right there, Craig, as far as um, that, that two or two times multiplier uh, that you're looking for on those value players. So that's what I do is I simply just go through the um, go through the lineups that that uh, DraftKings and FanDuel have released. And I'm just kind of sifting through taking some of that NFL knowledge that we have and and just, you know, applying it to, you know, what seems funky, what what seems funny. Okay, this person seems to be a good value. They have a good matchup. Okay, now let's start analyzing them more. So um, for sure on those value players, that's huge. Um, you know, we touched on those foundational players that you really want to factor into your lineup. And, um, you know, you got you got any more on uh, on value players or foundational players or exposure? Um, this is really more relevant for uh, DraftKings than it is FanDuel. But that flex position on DraftKings, you're certainly going to get more value out of a wide receiver or a tight end than you want a running back because you do get that full point PPR. So you you throw in a little guy that's, you know, four or 5,000, you know, you get four receptions, you've got four points right there. So any touchdowns, anything extra is so much more valuable. So I do think that the wide receiver position provides the most value for um, low, you know, low money players, but running backs can obviously go off. But um, traditionally, based off the stats for the winners last year in tournaments, wide receivers were the biggest, um, you know, the biggest payoff as far as return on investment. And that kind of takes us right into the next, you know, topic we were going to go over, and that's the stacking and combos. So if you want to take a few seconds here to kind of go over that and talk about what a stack is and what a good stack looks like. Yeah, um, and so, you know, as we've mentioned before, I believe, on some of our podcasts, you have two main types of um, of plays, whether it be on FanDuel or DraftKings. Um, and so you can do your cash games or you can do tournaments. Tournaments are what you typically hear about or, or you see on advertisements as far as, you know, this cat just made 60 grand in a weekend or this other dude made 1.5 million and they're holding this big check. That's the tournaments, okay? You're going to have um, a, a large player field with guaranteed prize pools and, you know, generally, um, you know, a moderate to low entry fee, maybe two or three dollars, but you're battling against potentially 5,000 people. Uh, when you get into the cash games, then you're looking at um, you're looking at 50 50s or double ups. And so 50 50s would be, uh, you know, if you got 10 players in the, um, 10 people playing in that particular uh, cash game, then the top 50 percent. Uh, would make their money plus some. So, you know, I think it's around after, after DraftKings or FanDuel takes their little, their little chop off the top to keep the um, app running, then you, you get maybe put $10 in, you get $18 back. And so you're winning about 80% of your money back, which is great. Um, and so that, that's sort of the two different things here. And when you talk about stacking, sometimes referred to as being a combo, you're talking about putting a quarterback with a wide receiver so, Craig, tell us more about, you know, why that's important to, to stack in tournaments more specifically. I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of like a no-brainer. This was something that we kind of didn't even do research on or hear about podcasts last year. It just made sense that, you know, if you've got Des Bryant getting a touchdown, well, Tony Romo's the one that threw it to him. So 
you put those two together, it's going to be not a multiplier, but, you know, it's going to be guaranteed points at both those positions. So you basically want to look at, you know, the game and look at high-octane high offenses and find out what players mesh well, who has good relationships. And, you know, when both guys go off, you know that your lineup is going to reflect that in the points that you do score. So a good stack is always going to be, you know, some type of quarterback, some type of wide receiver that is going to get – one, maybe two touchdowns together um, because a touchdown for a receiver is six points and a touchdown for a quarterback is four. So if you get a touchdown there, you got 10 points right away. Yeah, that's right. Um, so just for an example, to, to lay out, um, you know, the importance of stacking in tournaments, um, imagine two different, two different scenarios. In scenario A, you take, um, you know, uh, you take Aaron Rodgers and you take Randall Cobb or, you know, pre ACL injury, you take Jordy Nelson. And so that's it. That's, that's incident A. And then in the exact, in the other example, you have in, um, B where it might be Blake Bortles is your quarterback on DraftKings. And let's just say Des Bryant is your wide receiver. Um, so obviously them two play for two different teams. Well, back to example A, you got Aaron Rodgers. He steps back. He's on the opponent's 20. Uh, he gets a little bit of time in the pocket. He airs out like a 25-yard pass to Jordy Nelson. He catches it. Jordy Nelson weaves through the defenders all the way to a touchdown and, um, you know, 75 yards. And like Craig just said, um, you know, you know that's huge because now you just got 75 yards in passing um, for Aaron Rodgers plus a passing touchdown. Then you just got 75 receiving yards for Jordy Nelson plus a receiving touchdown plus the PPR point. You know, and so, you know, that that one pass, you just you just turned out, you know, approximately seven point five plus ten. I mean, you're talking over 20 points for one pass on your on your lineup. But adversely, you might have Blake Bortles do the same thing. You only get a few points on um, on from Blake Bortles touchdown. And then you have Des Bryant catch another touchdown of the same capacity. And while you did get 20 points for that. You're basically hoping that you're basically hoping that Blake Bortles throws a touchdown and Des Bryant catches a touchdown. You know, so you need two touchdowns on your lineup just to equal one 20 point play versus, you know, adding that up together for stacking four tournaments with the uh, Rogers Nelson combo. So I hope that makes sense. I hope I didn't confuse you. But, um, you know, that's the importance of stacking, especially in those tournament style plays. Yeah. And, and that's Craig, also that, that's also the danger with the stack. So. Let's go back to, you know, the Dez and Romo example. Let's say one, you know, one week, Terrence Williams just, that's his week. Him and Romo just hook up for three touchdowns, and you've got Dez in that lineup. Obviously, Romo is going to be a high output, but um, if Terrence Williams has three touchdowns, obviously Dez Bryant will not be having as many. So that's the downside, and that's why it's so important to do research on that, you know, how that game flow is going to look like, that game script, what we're going to talk about in just a moment here. But, you want to make sure that you get the right receiver with that right quarterback for that week. It's almost like a science. There's no way to accurately predict it, but that's what this podcast is here for, to help you make those informed decisions. And that's what we spend a majority of our work week when we're not working and we're not with our families. That's what we're doing. We're looking at these you know, stacks. We're putting together these lineups. So um, just, just pay attention to the yeah. stack. It's the most important part of DFS, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's, it's massive. It's huge. Um, especially like Craig said in the tournaments. And so keep that in mind as you listen to our, um, listen to our podcast or 
read our tweets. And so you'll know um, when we start talking about stacks or combos, you know exactly what, what we're referencing. Um, and lastly, Craig, we're going to go over something called analyzing game scripts, something that I did not do last year. Um, I was too fixated on the actual player or the name of the player, rather. And I was not looking at that. It's a it's an amateur mistake. It's a rookie mistake. And um, this year is something that we will definitely be reviewing. So, um, Craig, would you like to, you know, define exactly what game script is? Yeah, that great game script is where, you know, Vegas knows the odds for these games. Vegas is pointing out these spreads and Vegas is putting out the over under total points scored. Um, that opening, you know, line, whatever the initial line is and over under is usually pretty accurate. Um, the lines and the odds will change close to kickoff depending on what variables go into it. But that game script is really what shows you how many points are going to be scored. So if the over under for the Packers and Bears game is 54 versus, you know, whatever other game there is, you know, Panthers versus Jacksonville, if that over under is 38, then obviously you know that there's going to be a lot more offense and a lot more chance for, to get value players on the higher scoring offenses and the higher scoring games. And, you know, the, the big-time stars are going to get more output. That's not an exact science, but it's certainly something to take into consideration, and it's something that over time has paid off in daily fantasy sports. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, you know, when you're thinking about game script, think about game script as just that quick synopsis or prognosis, rather, of what you think is going to happen, what Vegas is, is initially saying with their numbers is going to happen. So, like Craig mentioned, um, let's go with another example. You have Atlanta versus Philadelphia, both high-powered offenses week one, playing in a dome. Um, you know, neither neither are running the ball too much. Both of them are passing uh, a lot more. There's going to be a lot of plays ran because Philadelphia is down. Um, those spreads haven't been announced yet, um, but, you know, they will very soon. And you're just basically thinking, okay, um, you know, with, with this game script, they should be scoring a lot of points. The quarterbacks should be throwing a lot to wide receivers. So those quarterbacks are going to be worth their value for the most part in those, in those games. And also, you know, to, to adversely, you know, comment on game script, say you have, um, you know, a, a, a beast, a beast, uh, a beast running back that has a really tough matchup week one, you know, when it comes down to the, the end of the third quarter and, and you're trying to score points because your team is behind, are they going to be giving it to the running back? Or are they going to be airing the ball out? You know what I mean? Um, you know, chances are they're going to they're going to shift from maybe a 50-50 run versus pass, and they're going to start passing more. And when they start passing more, if you got that running back that's in the uh, if you got the running back that's on the team that's behind, then they're going to turn into a blocker. You know, and you may be losing valuable touches there. So always analyze game script. Always look at you know what is most likely to happen here. And um, and try to help you know pick those matchups those matchups those value players for your lineup based on looking at the game script. So and we just talked a little bit about running backs and also a little bit about uh, wide receiver and quarterbacks. But um, you know let, let's I guess let's go just a, a hair deeper into in a quarterback game script. Do you have any examples or anything you'd like to touch on that, Craig, for quarterback game script? I mean, not really. Like you said, if a team is up big, then. Um the team that's winning a lot is going to take the foot off, you know, the pedal and they are going to start running. And then the other team will be, you know, throwing more. So week one matchup, you know, let's say the Panthers are up 28 to seven in the fourth quarter. 
they're obviously not going to be just airing it out, letting Cam get in a position to get hurt. They're going to be running the ball to, you know, run time off the clock. On the other side of the ball, you know, Blake Bortles could be just throwing and getting some garbage time touchdowns. So uh, picking that value quarterback can, you know, really be worth it at the end of the game for some garbage time touchdowns. That can be the difference between $10 and $100 on a tournament or a cash game. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Also, think about another example from 2014 was Andrew Luck, you know, the highest fantasy scoring player in all of fantasy football last year. His last three games combined, he scored 19 fantasy points on the season-long fantasy style. Um, the reason that is is because game script essentially put them in the position where they're already in the playoffs. They don't need him out there, you know, trying to catch up. Even if they lost all three games in a row, they're still making the playoffs. It's not going to adjust. It's not going to adjust um, their playoff, you know, positioning too much. So, you know, that game script kind of falls into okay, are they really going to be out here trying to zoom and boom and, and really throw touchdowns and run and, and try and get those extra yards every single time? Or are they out here sort of maybe let the clock run down, you know, get 60 minutes out of the way, get that, you know, get that time out of the way, and then all of a sudden, you know, Andrew Luck's done. And I know a lot of people, including a friend of ours named Matt, you can follow him on Twitter, at Matt G, dude. He, um, he in my opinion, may have lost the season-long fantasy just because he had Andrew Luck and the last three games scored 19 combined. So um, keep that in mind as game script with quarterback. Running back like we just discussed, um, uh, and like Craig just discussed, we'll, we'll go ahead and just kind of flip the tune over a little bit with um, with Panthers and Jacksonville week one. Um, you know, say say Panthers are up 27 to, to 7 or something, and Cam doesn't need to be doing too much. Well, then you can maybe think, does that mean Jonathan Stewart's going to be getting a bunch of um, – a bunch of like four yard rushes, you know, maybe even break one out for a little bit of a distance. Um, definitely get some goal line work if they happen to get into the red zone. So, um, you know, while we're not, at, you know, advising Jonathan Stewart week one or not, we are saying that that game script for running back could could be good for Jonathan Stewart, but bad for Cam Newton. Right. I mean, certainly could be. Another thing to look into and to take into consideration for game script is the weather of the game and the conditions of the field. You know, obviously if it's a uh, November game at Lambeau Field, it's going to be cold. That's going to be a big difference in a dome game in Atlanta. So there's other variables. Um, there's a couple of websites out there, and obviously you can look up weather yourself. But I think the website is nflweather.com that lists the weather for all the games. That's what we use often for our resource to see what conditions are going to look like because – in a uh, sloppy, you know, really wet game, that's going to be a lot of ground and pound. It's not going to be airing it out. So that's another big variable to take into consideration with game script. Yeah, that's huge. Um, huge mentioning that weather for sure. And also, um, I go to NFLSavant.com, and you can look at how teams run the ball, pass the ball, percentage of targets, what wide receivers are getting targets, et cetera, So use some of those free websites out there just to look up, you know, um, some of that, you know, some of that game script. Um, I know we mentioned running back and uh, quarterback. Do you have anything to add for wide receiver? I mean, I sort of, I sort of feel like that runs hand in hand with quarterback, but uh, you know, do you have anything to add for, for wide receiver game script? Not really, man. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, you, you want to look, take a look at injuries for me. That's always the thing with wide receivers. If, if a guy is injured, there's so many wide receivers on a team that can step up and 
you know, a lot of young guys. It's it's a really talent filled position for a lot of teams. It's not quite like running back how it used to be. Obviously now tandem running backs are becoming the norm in the league, but you know, if you get your main guy and he's kind of injured, it's not worth risking him. So wide receiver gives a chance for a lot of the other guys to step up and going back even further in the podcast, that's where your value players come in. So you look at third string guys like a Ty Montgomery or a you know Jarvis, you know, couple of good guys you could get for super low and you could end up going for two touchdowns randomly because of the game flow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I feel like tight end, for the most part, ru- runs into game script as well um, with wide receiver and, like Craig mentioned, um, just uh, injuries and different things like that. So we'll move on. Um, if you do decide to do uh, FanDuel, you, you have your kicker. And so um, kicker game script, you know, even though some people feel like, oh, it's just a kicker, just choose one, you know, it should be straight. Uh, okay, this value, I'll just use this kicker because he, he fits into my lineup. You know, you can definitely, um, you can definitely have uh, a game script that fits into the kicker. And I've seen a lot of times where kicker gets you 20 points instead of five, and that really rockets you up the pay ladder. So, um, you know, just consider, like Craig mentioned earlier with, um, Craig mentioned earlier with weather, um, you know, just say, um, just say week one, you got the Saints at Arizona. You got two high-powered, um, high-powered, predominantly passing offenses. They're playing inside that funky little Arizona dome on a nice turf, and so um, you know that's a that's a kicker, a kicker, you know, glory land. You know what I mean? You you can put in whatever his name is, Catazaro or something for Arizona. You would imagine they should be down there um, getting close to the kicking range for Arizona a lot. And same thing, you could you could sub in that kicker for uh, the Saints, who, again, should be, you know, I'm not sure what the um, spread is on that game, but it should be a real tip-for-tap game, and either kicker would be good because they have the right weather, they're in the right turf, they have the correct offensive schemes going down, so they should both be um, in the offensive red zone a decent amount of time. Should be a good over under for that game. And so um, you know, don't just don't just sideline your kicker or or run you know the the best running back in the league and and just trash your kicker because kickers could truly win it for you on FanDuel, but they can also lose it for you, which is why DraftKings just leaves them out. Yep, I mean kickers are obviously only matter on one platform, but they certainly do matter when you are on FanDuel. Um, just to kind of wrap it up and get to the end here, um, you know, your your defense and special teams obviously can go just amazingly go off. They can go for 28, 32 points. That can happen. So, again, that, you know, that game flow, that game script, it's just so important when you're looking at your defenses and, you know, how how much those defenses are playing and, you know, those kick returns, all that stuff. It, it just all matters on DFS, and that's why we're so invested in it. That's right. That's right. So just think about, you know, what team is going to be, you know, picking off, um, you know, week one, you got um, Mariota and you got Jameis Winston while they're both, um, you know, good quarterbacks. And I think they both have a, a super future in the league. You know, they're gassed up. This is our first, this is our first game of the NFL. They are extremely hyped about, you know, just being able to throw a pass. And obviously what they're going to do is they're going to get the quarterback out there and they'll probably do three straight runs. You know what I'm saying? Run, run, run. Run, 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 Sankey, 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 Doug Martin, Doug Martin, Doug Martin, et cetera. But then the coach over the over the helmet is going to be like, all right, Jameis, your first pass of the NFL about to go down right now. You know, option A, pass rush, you know, B, lion, zebra, tiger, whatever. 
and they're going to call some ridiculous name play. And Jameis Winston, Mariota is going to drop back, and they know who they're going to be throwing it to. But even though they're professionals at this, they've done it their whole life, they're going to be gassed up, and they're going to be throwing way over the receiver's head, and they're going to be throwing it 200 miles an hour. And, you know, that's playing those rookie quarterbacks or those inexperienced quarterbacks week one, choosing that opposite defense. Doesn't mean that Jameis Winston's not going to throw, you know, a couple touchdowns, but it does mean he may throw a couple picks, which could definitely be pick six. So just keep that in mind when you're picking that defense. And, um, you know, you know, don't want to touch on it too much more. Obviously, I think you understand game script, but just, you know, try and get a prognosis for what's going down. Yep. Well, that's pretty much all I got as far as all that stuff goes. Anything else? Yeah. Any, uh, last closing moments you wanted to throw in? Um, that's it. You know, we discussed uh, DraftKings versus FanDuel. We gave you a lot of um, DFS theory here today, um, including some more ex- advanced things. Instead of just rudimentary things, we're talking advanced stuff like stacking and combos, um, also analyzing game script. And, um, and we feel like this year we're going to make a lot of money. We appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and uh, you know definitely follow us on Twitter for more sneak tips and things like that, at Fantasy Grinders. Um, and so that's all I got. Craig, you got anything else? No, nope, that's it. All done. Cool deal. Right. Well, uh, subscribe, click it, tell your friends. When we, when we talk about these players, put your money on it because we're going to the bank every Monday morning. So just, uh, just holler at us, tweet at us, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm just grinding, man. Y'all never mind me.